I think that at the end of the day, you need to be very careful not to get in love with the technology, okay. but have a technology that solves a real problem. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 121, and we have Jorge Mizne, co-founder and CEO of Chameleon. Jorge is a passionate serial entrepreneur, always learning and discovering new things. With over 20 years of experience in the semiconductor arena, Jorge started his journey at Intel, building the first Centrino Wi-Fi chips, and then co-founded Velocity, acquired by Qualcomm in 2014, to develop 60 gigahertz Wi-Fi. Currently, Jorge is co-founder and CEO at Chameleon, a hardware security startup, and spends his spare time investing in early technology and piloting light planes. All right, Jorge Mishne, thank you so much for joining us on 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. We know each other from the J Ventures Fund. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just love how I get to meet all these incredible people uh, through, the, through this capitalistic kibbutz. And uh, Jorge, you have a, a fascinating story, which, I, which I'm, I can't wait to hear on this show about your journey from Uruguay to Israel to the U.S., the startup that you sold to Qualcomm, uh, your, your amazing work at Intel and on Wi-Fi and things that I have no idea about. And, uh, and finally, about your, your new startup, which, uh, as you mentioned, you're grinding on, which, which I love. Jorge, who are you? Give, give me, give me the rundown. Okay, so <clears throat> originally I was born in, in Uruguay, in South America, uh, and then got married and moved to Israel when I was uh, 26, <clears throat> and started started to work uh, <clears throat> at Intel at the Wi-Fi team at Intel. Uh, when I got there, we were kind of a small startup inside Intel. So I think we were about 30 people. <clears throat> and then fast forward 2007, I, I left uh, Intel to start my, my first startup. And uh, we were about 1,500, I think, at Intel at that time on the Wi-Fi wow. team. And, you know, after the Centrino and after the, the, the whole revolution of Wi-Fi. And went with other three uh, partners and we started Wailocity. It was a 60 gigahertz Wi-Fi chipset company. And together with that company in 2010, so I moved to the Bay Area to start the operations here in the Bay Area. And then 2014, Qualcomm acquired us, moved to wow. Qualcomm. Wait, 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 Jorge, the transition from Uruguay to Israel not that common, uh, going straight into Intel. What, what was that about? So you get married and you decide to just move your whole life to Israel. Yeah, actually, I, <clears throat> so I started in, in, in Uruguay. I did the, my, my undergrad and, and, and second degree and master's degree there. And I always wanted to go to Israel and move to Israel. So I had the opportunity when I was 18 to go and because Uruguay is in the south, so the the uh, scholar year is the opposite, right? So when I was about to start in Israel, so I, I already did half a year in in college in, in Uruguay. You know, it's just a, a bunch of uh, 
excuses why not but then i said okay well i already started so let's do it here or etc so bottom line i i just finished there and that was the next stage and the next the next phase when i could say okay that's the time so with my current wife so we said okay let's go so actually we got married and a month later we were in israel sleeping on on a uh, <laughs> Eating, eating on the floor. <laughs> Wonderful. And you joined Intel, you joined the Wi-Fi team during the Wi-Fi revolution. What was that like, working on technologies that really shape how we, how we interface with the world today, especially, you know, my generation? Yeah, it was, it was great. Right? I think it was, a, it was a great journey and, and coming from a big company and seeing how that evolved, it it was great. So it started with kind of one megabit per second. And it was kind of a big revolution just to get one megabit per second. And, and then it becomes that great thing with all the operation. At some point, we were, uh, I was in charge of one of the generations. And, you know, we were manufacturing 50 million chipsets a year. Uh, and, and it was really great. And Especially when when Intel decided to go all in with the Centrino and make the Wi-Fi part of the branding of the Centrino and getting at that time was McDonald's getting hotspots in McDonald's because of course you need both sides. Uh, that was great and just going everywhere and you know just the pride of going somewhere and say ah that is the chip that I designed uh, that was pretty fun. Amazing, amazing. Okay, and then and then from there you get you, you go with a few partners and you move on to Waylocity, uh, and there you you develop technology that you actually sell to Qualcomm, right? Yeah. One and so what was that yeah. like moving from a huge corporation like Intel and going to create a startup, uh, which is you said sixty gigahertz. Yeah. So the way Wi-Fi works, you know, it's in the uh, bands that are are free, uh, ISM bands. So 2.4 and 5 gigahertz are bands that everybody can use them. And at some point, the FCCs of the world uh, just took 60, the, a band around 60 gigahertz and said, okay, this band is now ISM. And the reason for that is because of the, the size of the molecules of oxygen. So there is more absorption than even in higher frequencies. So Basically, nobody wants to use it. It's a, uh, it's it's not a good frequency to use because of there is a lot of loss. Loss. So that's why they said, okay, you know what? Whoever wants to use it can use it. And that's why we said, okay, we need to use it for indoor, so not very long range. But because of the the real estate that you have there, the bandwidth that you have there. So you can go very, very wide. That means very, very fast. So our first product was uh, 4.6 gigabits per second. And, wow. Uh, and today, today the spec goes all the way to 100 gigabits per second wirelessly. Incredible, incredible. And then what, and then what were you doing at, at Qualcomm? So when we were acquired... Uh, by Qualcomm. So basically, uh, a couple of years earlier, Qualcomm acquired another company called Atheros that <clears throat> was the big 
uh, Wi-Fi and became a big communications company, not just Wi-Fi at some point. So when they acquired uh, Atheros, actually they became kind of the communications group inside Qualcomm. So when we were acquired, we merged into the, uh, the Atheros group and basically took over the products of Wailocity inside Qualcomm and just merged into the communications team and built the whole uh, combo of Wi-Fi and Wi-Geek, that is the name of the 60 gigahertz technology, etc. Wow, that's a, a very, very interesting. And, and now, fast forward to today, you're, you're acting both as an angel investor as part of JVengers, but you're also running uh, your own company. I'd love to hear about this tension between these two things. So on one hand, we meet on a monthly basis before physically, now virtually, to look at different startups and different opportunities, yet you yourself are acting the same role as the entrepreneurs were evaluating. So, so what, what is the, how does that play out? It's actually kind of funny because sometimes you are on one side of the table and others you are on the other side of the table. So you, you learn to, actually you learn a lot from being on both sides of the table. Of course. So, you know, as an, as an entrepreneur, right, when you act as the VC, right, uh, so you understand what they, they are looking for. Right, so you know how to sell your pitch uh, better on one side. On the flip side, you know you understand also the the guy that is coming and pitching to you probably for the first, usually at J Ventures for the for the first time or the first uh, initial uh, phases. Uh, so you try to actually you try to help them. Right, so I find myself. A lot of times, uh, just whether we decide to invest as a fund or myself personally, just helping them. And it happened in several cases. Uh, for example, one of the companies that we have that could have a relationship in South America. So I connected them with uh, some companies that I know and tried to get them going. Right. So you appreciate much more both sides. Right. And well, you use the you use the intel <laughs> that you get on both sides when you are on the other side. A hundred percent. And I, I'm getting so much, um, you know, insight and inspiration myself coming in as a student. I'm, you know, and an engineer, but I and, I, and I'm going to be an entrepreneur uh, hopefully soon and hopefully pitching to funds and angel groups like J Ventures. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's the just understanding the questions that are being asked. It's so phenomenal and it's it's really humbling to see how many different things you can think of and what are the common pitfalls and, and how much you can learn from every single person uh, like I'm learning from you uh, through J Ventures. So, so it's really, really great. Uh, Chameleon, t- talk to me a little bit about that. So Chameleon is the, the latest one. So after I took the latest adventure. Off. Yeah. So I took some time off uh, after a long time that I was grinding. Uh, I, I took some time off, uh, spent some time with the family. Uh, we had a great uh, road trip across the, across the U.S. from coast to coast. So at some point I said, okay, now it's time to go back to the trenches. So uh, 
actually we I I partnered with two other guys. One of them is also a guy that uh, that I work with at Velocity, and we started Chameleon. That we are trying to solve the the cybersecurity problem, but from the foundation. So there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of companies in the working on the on the cyberspace, but we we see that. Basically, at the end of the day, all the software runs on top of hardware, and that hardware was never designed for security. So it's a patch on top of a patch on top of a patch. And what we see is that unless you build a strong base, it doesn't matter what you build on top, at the end of the day, you can always come underneath. Right. So, so this is what we are doing, and basically... Chameleon is building what we call the SPU. It's a security processing unit that is a companion device to <clears throat> any system, but in particular, right now, we are working on, on PCs and, and servers and protect the system from time zero, so all the boot of the system, and then during runtime, and isolate completely the, uh, the attackers from the defenders and gives a very secure environment for the defenders where they can trust and trust here is a big big word they can trust what they see right they cannot be fooled and they get full visibility on the system how it's working and what's going on is that why it's called chameleon because it can change its color and its color based on what you want it to so that it blends with the environment yeah, so one of the applications that we are also doing is what it's called uh, moving target defense. And basically what you do is you change the memory map of the of the software that is running in runtime. So that's where the chameleon is coming. We move things around. So when attacker wants to attack the system, they don't know where basically where the entrance is. Right. So you are moving the windows and the doors all the time. Right, so when they try to get into the house, they, they, they don't know where to enter from. Right, that, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I have to ask, so, you know, going from corporate to startup to corporate to now investor, what, what are some things that, that, you're, that you're bringing with you into this newest venture? Because you're, you, you must be approaching this with a little bit more insight, if not a lot more insight than you had before. So what are some of the, you know, the key things that you and your partner set out and, and you, know, you knew off the bat that perhaps uh, Jorge of, of Velocity in its early days didn't know? Um, I think that uh, working on both sides, on small companies and on big companies, you, you understand the motivations behind what people do. At the end of the day, you deal with people. Yeah. You do business with people, right? It doesn't matter if it's uh, Intel, Qualcomm, Velocity, small, big, medium, it's all the same. At the end of the day, you need to try and understand what is uh, driving that person, what is the level of risk that it's willing to take, and why. Uh, so having worked in big companies, small companies, usually Americans, but doesn't doesn't necessarily need to be right. Uh, you get to at least understand or recognize what are the things that drive people, 
what is the all the internal, especially in the corporate, so the internal politics right. at the corporate, and who are the the right people to talk to? What is that you need to offer? Find the 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 person that can help you. You know, I and think it's I think it's so cool that uh, you're dealing with you know the very low level of technology, very hardcore technology. Uh, yet, when I ask you about the things that you're taking with you from your previous experiences, you're not saying I'm taking more knowledge and more expertise in the domain, but you're saying I'm, I'm taking the understanding that at the end it's all about people and it's all about relationships, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, if you want, even though it's still silicon and semiconductor, right? I was doing communications, now it's security, it's systems. So it's. Uh, the expertise, you know, you can always find good people and build a good team. But at the end of the day, you need to know how to build the whole system, especially when you are trying to change some conventions, right? When when I talk about cybersecurity, nobody thinks about hardware. Everybody thinks about software, antivirus or whatever, right? So just shifting, making that sh- paradigm shift. It's not trivial. And at the end of the day, you need to find the right people that are willing to take that leap of faith with you and and the risk, of course, right? And say, okay, we need to fix this from the foundation. We need to build the right foundation. And it's not another feature. And if it's uh, white or black or whatever. Right. Are there, are there more, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of things that I would want to take for myself as I approach my own ventures later on and my own experiences in the tech industry. What, what are some of the earned secrets that you've accumulated over the years in terms of, you know, the, the products that you're building and, and communicating with customers and with different people? Um, I think that at the end of the day, you need to be very careful not to get in love with the technology. But okay. have a technology that solves a real problem. Okay. So the technology is the consequence and not the cost, right? So you need to be very, very careful. As a technical people, we always fall in love with the technology. Of course. But at the end of the day, when you go to a potential customer, you need to understand their pain and see how the technology solves their pain and not just, well, this is cool, right? This technology is really cool. Uh, so I think that this is uh, probably the main thing uh, in terms of uh, what, what you do with the with, with your things when and, and and being upfront. I think it's the other one. You know, as a startup, you are always with uh, less resources that you want, and you are always uh, probably promising a little bit more than what you really have. And it's kind of a leap of faith also there. Uh, so while I think it's okay and it's uh, everybody understands that, you need to be very, very upfront. You don't want to put your potential customers and your champions inside the company in a bad position. So you need to be very, very open and develop that uh, relationship with them. So they know what they have and they can help you manage that and navigate the, the company. They know that better than you. 
I love it. I love it. Jorge, we, we almost have to end, but I have to ask you my favorite question. Uh, three words that you would use to describe yourself or that your co-founders from either startup would use to describe you as. Three words. Uh, three words. Um, adventurous. Okay. I've been going up and down, right and left, and things that I didn't know exactly how they would end. Uh, Greet. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's sometimes uh, people always ask me why I left a big corporate with a big salary, right? And go back to the trenches. But I, that's what I like. And the third one, I think it's um, citizen of the world. Uh, having, having lived in three countries now and at least 10 years in, on each, you get a little bit of each one with you. And you are always missing a little bit of each one. I love so, it. I love it. Wonderful. Jorge, thank you so much for the inspiration and for the time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and best of luck with Chameleon. Ah, great. Happy to be here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.